What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Real estate on My Talk 1071. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of the show, 651 641 1071. I am Sonny. I'm in for Miss Shannon. We have Mimi Shoneman in. Good morning, Mimi. Good morning. And we also have Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. He is on the line. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, guys. Okay, so now's about the time that Miss Shannon does the number thing. <laughs> hey, Phil, what's your NMLS number? NMLS 238103, company NMLS 3029, Cross Country Mortgage. Okay, so we've got a jam-packed session today. we got all kinds of good stuff that we're going to pick Mr. Phil's brain. Um, his hair is still not pink, um, so we're going to have to work on that. Um, but, Phil, we have been talking for the last week or so about what folks that may be facing a separation or a potential divorce and some of the things that they need to know and consider before they actually go through the process. Now, we're going to give the phone number, Sonny, out to everybody that wants to call in with questions about divorce and separation. 651-641-1071. And we're going to say, Phil, that we think that people should contact us first before they start talking with their attorney. Because because we may be able to do something for them that before they actually get started. Let's talk about that a little bit, Phil. Sure. Well, I mean... What I frequently see is they'll meet with the lawyer first, they'll draft up the, the decree, and then they'll go to the courthouse, meet before the judge, the judge signs off on the decree, and then they call me. And let me just give you just a quick example of a blunder. I'm going to call it a blunder. In the divorce decree, it states that the male ex-spouse is supposed to refinance the other spouse, ex-spouse, off the loan and buy that party out for, say, $50,000. But here's the unfortunate thing. The spouse doesn't qualify for a home loan. Their credit isn't good. They don't make enough money to where they can afford to buy out the ex-spouse. Now you have a divorce decree where one party is supposed to buy out the other but that party cannot buy them out. And since the divorce decree has been filed now with the county, that individual is the outright owner of the property, meaning that the other person that wants to begin their new life can't begin their new life because they're, 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 they don't have the money for their down payment anymore, and they can't get access to it unless that property sold. And so, Phil, in those kinds of situations when – the, the person that needs to buy them out, and now it's on the divorce decree, that could actually trigger a short sale, wouldn't you say, perhaps? That maybe there's not enough equity where they can pull that to, to make this work? Sure. I've seen it to where it, it turns into a short sale situation. I've also seen it where it's turned really bad, where the one party that gets the house loses their job, stops making payment on the house, and now the house goes into foreclosure. And now neither party have anything. 
And that when something like that happens, um, when one party stops making the payment, that's going to affect both people that are on the mortgage and also on the note. Uh, correct. Correct. Even though the divorce decree says that the other individual is not responsible for the loan, un- until that party is officially taken off of the note and the property's been refinanced into that one individual party's name, they're still legally responsible. Even though the divorce decree says you're not responsible, unfortunately, mortgage notes, you don't pay the mortgage company, your name is on the mortgage, you're still responsible. I'm sorry, that's 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 terrible. <laughs> I'm just saying that is Sonny's terrible. over here speechless. I'm like looking at her, her mouth is open, but nothing's happening. That's terrible. So they're still responsible, even so, though the divorce decree said that's correct. Wow. Yeah. Correct, because you signed Sonny, you signed a legal binding contract. The contract is not null avoid, null and void due to the divorce decree. All the divorce decree does is basically state who's what party is responsible. Right. Now, that being said, in a refinance situation or in a purchase situation, if that party in the divorce degree is responsible for the mortgage and they make the mortgage payment 12 consecutive months, we then as mortgage lenders can then remove the mortgage payment out of the other party's debt to income ratio to help them qualify. All right. Yes, it sounds complicated and, and divorce is very complicated and that's that's really the, the gist I want to tell people is before you go to your lawyer, you should be talking to a well-qualified mortgage professional professional who understands divorce inside and out. And that way I can present to that party and the other party all the possible options. But I can also lay out the, the landmine, so to speak, to help them prevent them from blowing themselves up. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's contributing to all of this marital strife and divorce um, during COVID, especially. Um, so some of the things uh, clearly have been being stuck at home for 24-7, feeling a lack of freedom. Um, your children are now in your in your space all day long. Uh, maybe your house is not set up appropriately for that. We're hearing a lot of scuttle right now about the open floor plans and how that was once wonderful until you have to look at each other 24 hours a day. Yeah. And so that can create a lot of stress when you just don't get a minute to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hear mothers talking about I can't even go to the bathroom by myself and have a minute. And so, you know, there's a lot of stress with that and, and there's nowhere to go with it, right? So where do you go? Do you go to a therapist? You can't even go have coffee with your girlfriend right now because of COVID practically. You know, unemployment being up, that's significant. Um, people really struggling to find work. Um, that is one of the key stressors of all of all life in the top 10. Um, financial stresses that that would cause. Sometimes people are underemployed, even if they do have a job. Maybe some people that are, you know, in the service industry, they're they're just now getting to come back a little bit, but maybe not what they once had. And you know, just in general, your health fears, just being afraid, uh, causes a tremendous amount of stress and depression. You know, so all of these things trigger 
maybe what was not a great relationship, it just kind of escalates what the issues are. Sonny? I'm just, I'm taking everything in. I'm just listening to all the things that offset to have this conversation. My mom was telling me, she said that like a lot of lawyers are booked out because people are getting divorced and how that affects your the property that you guys have together so i'm i'm, a, I'm just a student taking notes <laughs> and phil <laughs> phil you know we deal with a lot of clients that go through a, a tremendous amount of stress and emotion uh, under the best of circumstances buying a house is also in the top 10 of the most stressful things that can happen. And so that's why you want to work with a professional. And if I do say so, like myself and also like Phil Olson, where we have experience to help you walk you through some of these issues. Phil? Well, uh, Sonny, right now, divorce, you were talking about your friends that are lawyers. They're booked out. I know many lawyers that are booked out for months out right now. Mm. Divorce is up by 36% since Mm. COVID started. I was wondering why you guys have been talking about that lately. Well, you know, when you start hearing things repetitively in your work world and you know that it's happening, you want to be a resource for people and where they can go to get some help. Um, We do definitely, in my opinion, we want to make sure that nobody is left homeless. Um, That is one key reason why we think that people should meet with Phil and myself for a consultation that's absolutely free to talk about how you could possibly work this whole scenario out. So, Phil, like, let's take, for instance, somebody who owns a home and both both parties are amicable, but yet they want to purchase um, before they actually make the divorce happen. Um, So the first thing that they would want to do is to sit down with us and talk about the home that they have and to put together a plan for when they go each their own individual ways. And so when we come back from the break, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. If you have questions for the show, for Mimi or for Phil, give us a call. 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Sonny. I am filling in for Miss Shannon. Uh, on the air, we have Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson, and we're talking about divorce and separation and trying to buy, sell, or refinance a home. We indeed are. <laughs> all the time. Every day. If you got a question, 651-641-1071. Now, I would like everybody to uh, be sure if you have somebody that you know or somebody that yourself Text the word divorce to 651-578-2218, and we can connect you with myself and also with Phil uh, to answer any of your questions about divorce. But, Phil, let's talk a little bit about what happened in the market this week. Um, It was a little bit of a shocker to me that rates went up as much as they did. So let's talk about what that looks like in real life. Sure. Uh, First off, though, I want to let the folks know that rates are still at historical low average. Over the last 10 years, the average interest rate was 4.625% on a 30-year fixed. That being said, we saw a lot of volatility this week in the bond market due to inflationary concerns that was mentioned by the Federal Reserve. As everybody has known, or if you go to the grocery store or go to the gas pump, you notice that prices have gone up quite dramatically. Well, the bond rate market reacted quite negatively. We saw the bond market shed well over 200 basis points, which is almost uh, at least a half a percent to almost three quarters of a percent and a higher mortgage rate for a 30-year fixed uh, or a 15. 
That being said, right now rates are hovering on a 30-year at about probably 2.875 to 3.125. And a 15-year is somewhere between 2.5 to 2.625. Of course, that is subject to change based on credit, loan-to-value. There's multiple different factors. I'm just trying to give you kind of averages. Uh, but, yeah, well, I, I think we're, we're no longer in a place right now of extremely low uh, rates like we were seeing here just a couple weeks ago. And who knows what the future is going to bring. And that's why it's important to, you know, if you are the, the kind of person that is like, you know, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to wait. I'm going to try and save some more money. I'm going to try to pay off some more debt. Phil, we both have the same position is that you cannot out save, outweigh that that hot interest train. Phil? I, I totally agree. I mean, the if if the appreciation rate for the metro this year, Levin County metro area is going to be seven and a half percent. Well, on a three hundred thousand dollar home, that means that house is going to increase by approximately twenty one thousand dollars in the next year. And if your average mortgage payment is five dollars and fifty cents per thousand, your mortgage payment has gone up one hundred and twenty dollars a month. All right. So if if a house is going to go up twenty one thousand, can you save twenty one thousand dollars in a year? If your answer is yes, then you're keeping up with the appreciation rates. If your answer is well, I can only save five hundred a month. Well, that's only six thousand a year, but your housing price has increased by twenty one. You've lost fifteen thousand dollars, which means you've lost more purchasing power. And the same thing go, holds true for if you. If two weeks ago you were approved for a $300,000 mortgage, now, Phil, what would those people be approved for? Let's just say 300000 that goes down to what when interest rates go up a half point? I would tell you that, that right now I, I've, got a, I've got a great example. I've got a client that wanted was their max was 300000 And this just last couple of days I had to have a conversation with them. Their max is now 283000 Based on a half a percent increase, they've lost $17,000 in purchasing power. So if you're not finding what you want at 300000 today, that means that now you're going to be looking at 280000 And so that's what we mean by champagne taste. You have to, you have to roll with what's happening out in, in the world with the economics of it. And in fact, what we're doing is the people that are actually approved for, let's say, 300,000 and still can today, we're probably not even looking at anything over 270 because what's happening in the market right now is people are bidding extremely high numbers. We're seeing them go easily five, 10 percent over asking price for the right house. And we're also seeing sellers require that the buyer make up any sort of appraisal gap. Uh, put money towards that. So that's a reality of what's happening in the market. And, you know, right now it's such a strong seller's market with almost one, one, per, one month of inventory that the sellers can pretty much command what they want. We're also seeing buyers waive their, uh, waive their inspection just to beat the bid. And so it is, it is a very, very hot and competitive market right now. Um, so, Phil, let's go back and talk about the 19 things that people ought to consider or know about divorce. And so I, I just before we hit that, I want to talk about what's confusing a lot of people. 
a lot of people I hear say, well, I'll just go down to the courthouse and I'll quit claim the person, my my spouse, off of the mortgage. And that's all I have to do. It'll solve it. It'll fix everything. But you and I both know that that is just that's just not going to cure it. And so let's talk a little bit about what what that actually looks like. Well, one, when you quit claim, it is a spouse off of title. Yes, they're no longer attached to the house, but you can't quit claim them off the mortgage, which means they're still responsible for that mortgage payment. And when either one of you tries to buy a house on your own, because you're already on that other property, you're going to have to qualify for both mortgages, be it the mortgage you currently have and the mortgage you currently have. So, Let's just use an example. We have a $1,500 mortgage, and we're going to buy another mortgage or another house for ourselves, get away from the spouse, through the divorce, for another $1,500. Well, that's $3,000 a month. If you're not making $6,000 a month, you're well over a 50% debt-to-income ratio, and you're not qualifying holding both properties. So just quit claiming an individual off of title doesn't cure the situation very rarely does it does it cure the situation and it doesn't do anything for you at all really because if you're going to be on the hook for the mortgage i sure as heck want to be on title you know uh so at least you have that wouldn't you agree i i absolutely agree with you mimi uh you know we have 19 things we could easily talk about and it would probably take us two hours but I'm just going to kind of go over one real simple one. Are there income issues? Okay. Are there income issues? The spouse is supposed to keep the house and buy out the other person. But the spouse six months ago took a new job and went from a W-2 employee to a commission employee. Well, the commission rules are as you must be in that job for a period of two years. So what does that mean? That means that that person isn't buying out the other person for another two years. Mm. And then it's based on a two-year average of their commission income. It just really comes down to meeting with me, meeting with myself, or finding somebody that really understands this stuff extremely well and can walk you through the, the pitfalls and get you to the end of the rainbow by putting together a plan for you and asking the right questions. And that really comes down to prior to doing the divorce. How do you set up the divorce so both parties can walk away and start their lives over? I don't believe divorce lawyers are, they're very good at what they do, but they don't understand the mortgage laws. All right. And for them to tell a client, well, if you do this, this, and this, you'll qualify. No, because the mortgage laws are changing all the time just like divorce laws are changing all the time. They're a professional in the lawyer industry. I'm a professional in the mortgage industry. I will uh, put this disclosure out there that neither Phil nor I are licensed attorneys and we are not able to give legal advice. And so, and we don't, but we do want to let everybody know that we have experience in the, in this industry and a lot of knowledge that goes and sometimes we are also able to refer folks to a really good family law attorney that can help them if they don't have that contact. 
So again, we'd like to remind everybody, if you have questions or thoughts or anything about divorce, you can text the word divorce to 651-578-2218. And if you would like to be a part of the show or you have a question for Mimi or Phil, please give us a call, 651-641-1071. We will be right back after this break with Red Hot Real Estate Show on My Talk 1071. to the Red Hot Real Estate Show on My Talk 1071. I am Sonny filling in for Miss Shannon. Wanted to remind you guys that you can listen to the Red Hot Real Estate Show on the My Talk app. Find out more details about that at MyTalk1071.com. I am in with Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson today. We're talking about divorce and separation and buying and selling and refinancing property. Okay, Phil. So I think one of the things that we want to talk about is, you know, sometimes when the divorce de- decree says to buy the other person out, Maybe it would be better for them to sell and find a new property. What have you seen with regard to that? Um, Currently, I'm working, believe it or not, with three clients specifically with that, where they were talking about it is buying out the other property, refinancing, and then I run the numbers and they go, well, that, that payment's a little bit higher than what I want it to be. Well, guess what? Maybe it's better that you sell your property, downsize, have a lower monthly payment. You're able to buy out the spouse. And with with interest rates still at historical lows, and based on the fact that every house out there is selling, even if it doesn't, even if you need to fix it up, folks, there are many situations where Mimi would probably tell you uh, to, it is, um, not worry about it. A hundred percent. I think that's a, people's biggest concern when you go and you meet with them. In fact, to get people to say, I'm too embarrassed to have you in my house because, you know, I, you know, need to clean it. I need to, you know, make sure it looks like something, you know, but that is not the case. So consider us a little bit like doctors. We get to see you with your underwear down. (laughs) So, and that's the truth, you know. So if you can imagine the worst possible situation, we have seen it and we can double that. So you do not have to be prideful that, you know, your house needs to be pretty like you're having company over. It's not the case. That comes later, right, with the showing. In in fact, when when it's at its worst possible state is the best time to talk with us because then we can help you put together a plan. And it's it's not as stressful when you don't have to do it alone. Phil? Um, Well, believe it or not, Mimi, we represent a client. I'm not going to use the name, but we're actually helping a client right now where she had she has some things in the house that she wants fixed, but she didn't have the money. So let's just pertain that to a divorce situation. You have some stuff in the house that you don't want fixed. Well, in this situation, I'm helping this client get a home equity loan. Mimi and I are helping this client put together contractors to help her fix her specific issues with the property. And by her doing that, one, it's affordable for her, Two, she's going to make more money on the sale. Three, she's walking away with more equity. That could be the same thing with a divorce situation where they're sitting on a lot of equity. And the reason they're not willing to sell their home is because maybe there's some issues that need to be resolved first 
Well, that's where Mimi and I can come in, help them put together a game plan to get the house up to speed and sell it for top dollar. And then you take all that equity and then maybe you buy something at a lesser amount that maybe is more affordable for you. You know, there are a lot of uh, I buying companies out there and, you know, sell your house as is, you know, cash for keys, blah, blah, blah. You know, talk to us first before you talk to them, because we can tell you how you can make the absolute most money. If you are of the position where you're like, you know, I don't care how much money I can make if I do a thing. Yeah, where I just want to walk out of here, I want to get rid of it, then we can also help you with that. We have investors that would love to have your ugly house. Um, so please do call us. You can reach us uh, at 651-578-2218. Just text UGLY if your house is that, and we can connect you with an investor that would love to talk to your house, talk to you about your, your house. Phil? Um, matter of fact, in this situation, the client had mentioned she had talked with a company like that. And the offer that they were making on her home was 180000 Based on my uh, it is research, I found the house to be worth about two hundred and forty without fixing it up. That means she would have walked away with $60,000 less in equity had she got decided to go that route. You know, and here's the thing, is that $60,000, I don't know, I, I could make myself paint a room. I don't know. You know, I really could do it. Uh, Hire a painter, you know, and that's where we're saying if you've got equity in your house and you know that doing a few things is going to actually increase your your value exponentially. Let's talk about it. Maybe that's right for you. Maybe it isn't. Maybe you really, truly don't have it, can't bear it. You know, and there are certain stressful situations where people become very overwhelmed with their situation and they just like, I can't take on another thing. Don't ask me to, you know, I, I think that any situation with regard to housing, we can help you. Um, so Phil in a divorce situation, um, credit becomes a big piece of the puzzle, correct? Absolutely. It does in, in multiple different factors. You know, the here, the thing I always hear from. Nope. I think we lost you. Okay. Repeat what you just said. We couldn't hear you. Okay. Uh, The the thing I hear all the time from clients is they'll they'll say, well, my score is this. Folks, it's not just about score. It's really what's on the credit report. Are there bankruptcies? Are there foreclosures? Are there short sales? Are there judgments? Are there liens? Is there derogatory history? Is there missed mortgage payments? So it's not just the score that we as mortgage lenders look at, uh, we look at everything within the whole credit report. And if the party that's getting the home that's going to have to do the buying out doesn't have good credit or they've got dings on credit or they've got issues on credit, they're not the one that should be buying out the other person. They're not the ones that should be refinancing the other person. The person that should be refinancing the home is the one that's probably got the strongest income and the strongest credit. Well, Phil, you know, so that brings up an interesting point because there always seems to be that one party is more attached to the property emotionally. That's where they started life. That's where they got their first dog. That's where they had their first child. Um, And so it has a lot of emotional connection to the property, but maybe that's not the right property for them. Maybe it would be emotionally more health, healthy 
and perhaps financially better for them to move on to a new place. Absolutely. And uh, I, I see that a lot when there's children involved. They want to they want to keep things simple for the kids, which I can totally understand and I get. Um, they want to be able to keep them in the same school district. They want to keep them. They want to keep them in in the same home. At the same point in time, if you're going to become a prisoner to the house, and you can't take care of your children's needs based on the mortgage obligation, or you're you've been left with a lot of debt because of the divorce, maybe it's better to it is pay off all the debt, sell the house, pay off the debt downsize the house or by paying off the debt it helps you qualify for that other home and it makes it more affordable i don't think the cure-all is is a refinance i'm not opposed to it but guess what sometimes looking at the big picture is a much better option for the consumer and in the long run it gives them a better quality of life and and, and sometimes i think during the course of the divorce they're just thinking about today okay I want to be done with this. I want to move on. But what does it look like a year from now? What does it look like three years from now? I don't think that's even brought into their mind because they're thinking short term. They want to be done with the relationship. Well, with regard to credit, um, so some of the things that people will fi- may find on their credit report that could cause them to not be able to purchase Let's just start with uh, that they missed a payment. They forgot about a, a bill, and they missed a payment this year. If they miss two mortgage payments in a calendar period of 12 months, more than likely they're not going to qualify. So in other words, if you were a two-by-30, meaning you missed your mortgage payment two times in the last 12 months, more than likely you're not going to qualify. Same thing with a, an installment loan car loan, boat loan. Uh, it's a fixed fixed term, fixed rate. If you miss the payment more than 60 days in 12 months, there's a good possibility you may not qualify. So what about the divorce situation where everybody just threw their hands up in the air and decided not to pay their bills? I see those situations sometimes. And yet they're calling me going, help me, which I want to help them. But sometimes I have to give them, unfortunately, I have to give them some negative feedback. So, you know, and that may be a surprise to some people to find out that certain bills are not getting paid when you, you know, one person is in charge of making the payments and the other one doesn't do that. That's not the role. And then you come to, to learn that, you know, oh, I, I thought everything was good. And then all of a sudden you, you get the credit report and you see, you see not such good information. Uh, so, Phil, how do you talk with some people about that? Well, when, when I see a situation like that, I, I'll tell my client they really need to be involved with the mortgage or credit. Uh, because, yes, the divorce decree is going to state who's liable for what, who's responsible for what. But it's not the courts that are going to determine, um, you know, and, and slap somebody's hand because they don't make the payment. So if your spouse is going to be responsible for the mortgage, but you're still on it, I strongly recommend that you call the mortgage servicer on a monthly basis to ensure that the mortgage is being paid on time. Uh, prior planning prevents a poor performance. I've said it so many times. You need to be involved. Even though the divorce decree says you're not responsible, 
you need to be involved to be making sure that that other party is making those debt debt payments. And if they're not, you need to step up, step up and make them to prevent your credit from being dinged or seeing a credit score go from 800 all the way down to 500. I've seen it. Well, Phil, when we come back from the break, I think we'll we'll talk a couple of different things. Um, if the divorce if the divorce proceedings have already started and been recorded, um, what can folks do? And then, if you only qualify for an FHA loan, we're going to talk a little bit about how you can go from being converted from FHA to conventional. And if you have a question for Mimi Shoneman or Phil Olson, give us a call at six five one six four one one zero seven one. We'll be right back with the Red Hot Real Estate Show on My Talk one zero seven one. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Sonny filling in for Miss Shannon in studio with Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson. We are discussing divorce and separation and trying to buy, sell, or refinance a home. But if you have a question, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be divorce or separation. If you have any questions for Mimi or Phil, give us a call at 651-641-1071. Okay, Phil. So divorce proceedings have started and uh, they've been recorded. What's your position about that? Well, the position is is that I have to go by exactly what the divorce decree says. There's no movement. If there's specific child support, alimony, who's responsible for debt obligations, uh, who's responsible for the mortgage, and if both parties are still on the mortgage, then unfortunately that debt has got to be held against them. I would say at that point in time, your options are limited to the divorce decree unless you go back to the courts and do an amendment to the divorce, which will cost you more money, more time, maybe even more frustration. Um, it's kind of like the Bible. Once I'm handed the divorce decree, it's set. I have to go by that. And so this is the very reason why we're encouraging all the folks that are out there that are listening, that are facing a divorce have a consultation with us. We don't charge anything. It's a absolutely complimentary. And maybe we can help and assist with your attorney, uh, making sure that your housing and your mortgage needs are done in the best possible way that would serve you. Um, Phil, is there anything else that you'd like to say about divorce before we move on and talk about FHA to conventional? I, I would just reiterate what you just said, Mimi, and that is you guys calling us having a 15-minute or 30-minute, and sometimes they're even an hour consultation. Uh, I, will, I will take as long as need be to answer all your questions, and I'll ask you some very pinpointed questions as to how this is all being structured, and then I'll be looking at what your short-term and your long-term goals are to see if it's a match. If it's not a match, I'm going to tell you, hey, you need to consider this, 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 and this, because if you, if you get it signed off the way it is, you might actually be in a much rougher situation than you thought. Indeed. And so if you know somebody that's facing divorce or thinking about it, you can have them text the word divorce to 651-578-2218. Okay, Phil, so we're going to change subjects. Enough of that. Um, What we're seeing out in the field right now is that so many FHA-approved buyers are getting beat out over and over again because uh, of conventional being a more attractive financing offer to sellers. 
And the reason that that is, is because FHA, being a government program, is much more stringent in its appraisal process. And so sellers, they they don't hate on FHA. They're just afraid of it. They're afraid that if they accept it, that there could be issues with uh, things that they might have to do, that the appraiser finds it's going to cost them money. And so our FHA buyers we're seeing are having real struggles right now with getting their offers. So, Phil, I know that you and I have talked about this a number of times, but let's talk about how you can take an FHA buyer and move them into a conventional loan. Well, first off, I want people to understand that a conventional loan, most FHA loans can be converted to an FHA loan. It's either the mortgage company, the loan officer doesn't have the tools, or they don't know how to work within what's called DU or LP. That's called Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Those are the underwriting engines. And understand that the loan might just need to be tweaked. Now, when I say it has to be tweaked, all right, one of the ways we would tweak an FHA is let's say their credit score is a 618. But I do a credit consultation with the consumer, have them do a few things on credit. Then I do what's called a rapid rescore and a trade line update. And I take their score from a 618 to, say, a 650. Okay, Phil. That in itself. So let's talk about, like, you said that you can take somebody from a 618 and do some credit repair. What are some of the credit repair things that you sometimes see? All right. One of those is if we have debts that are over 30% in utilization rate, we bring them down. So what does that mean? If your, your credit balance is 500, but you, but your, your, your maximum credit authorization is 500, well, you're maxed out. So on that type of trade line, you would have them pay down all the way down to $150. That's an easy fix. Go from 500 to 150 and automatically their score will probably jump 15 to 20 points just because of that one trade line being fixed. Uh, Other things that can be done. Go ahead. And so for one trade line, what if they did the same thing for multiple trade lines? Does that make any difference? I've improved people's scores in a matter of seven days as much as 100 points. Okay, so this is doable. Consumers thinking it's doable, and especially if the consumer's thinking, well, I want to put 20% down. Well, maybe we only put 5% down. We use the other 15% to pay down debt, and then I do the rapid rescore, and now I'm taking them from an FHA loan to a conventional loan. Other things that are helpful is I have access to Home Ready, Home Possible, and Home One programs. Those are all first-time homebuyer programs with looser credit guidelines, looser lending guidelines, and I can take that FHA loan to that specific product, all right? I mean, understand when you work with me, I'm not just going to pitch you a product. I'm going to look at everything, and what I'm looking at is how do I improve the loan quality? If I improve the loan quality, it can be approved as a conventional loan, such as how about increasing the down payment? Okay, so you you said you spit out a whole lot there. So let's go back and talk about the home ready, the home possible, and the first time home buyer loans. 
we want to make sure everybody understands what the qualifications are for her first time home buyer. It's not really you've never bought a home before, but only that you've never bought one in the last three years. And so how is it, Phil? Do not all loan officers have access to Home Ready and Home Possible and some of these programs? There are banks out there and there are credit unions out there. I would say a good majority of mortgage companies have all products, even though I've seen some that don't. All right. Uh, the more products a loan officer has means I have more options for my clients and more ways to fix a loan for the consumer. Okay. And so I'm just going to put this out there. If you have an FHA loan, I'm going to encourage you to call Phil and ask for a second opinion. Have him review your loan. See if you can be converted to conventional, what that would actually look like. And you can text FHA to 651-578-2218 and we'll get that information to Phil. Okay, Phil, so what else is next that you can do to convert FHA to conventional in one more minute? All right. Uh, having two to four months reserves frequently. FHA does not require reserves, but if you use reserves, it can take you from an FHA loan to it is a conventional loan. What are reserves? If your mortgage payment is $1,000 a month and you have $4,000 left over after you buy this home, you have what's called four months of reserves. Okay, and you can help them to dispute a valid debt that's not being reported correctly. How long does something like that take? Uh, if you've got the documentation, and that's key, you have to have the documentation to dispute the debt. You just can't say you're disputing it, but you have the valid uh, documentation. I can get a debt removed off of credit within seven days. Okay, so all of this is really doable, and it really could change your whole life when you're shopping for a home. Um, we thank you for listening. We encourage you to contact us during the week. You can text mortgage or real estate to 651-578-2218. If you'd like to check and out... And they can reach me at 651-238-6748, Phil Olson with Cross Country Mortgage. And if you'd like to check out other episodes as well as this episode, visit mytalk1071.com, keyword red hot. This episode is sponsored in part by U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card. There are plenty of shopping cards out there. The last thing I need is more store-branded cards, and that got me thinking. What if I could earn more, like 6% cash back, but with one card at all of my favorite stores? Well, the folks at U.S. Bank are on it. Check out the U.S. Bank Shopper Cash Rewards Visa Signature Card. It can earn you up to 6% cash back. 6%, not bad. Check out usbank.com slash shopper to learn more. It's easy. You just grab your shopping list and shop two of your favorite retailers for up to 6% cash back. And you can change your two selections every quarter. I'm talking 24 different big name retailers like Amazon, Walmart, Target. That would be good enough. But this card can also earn you up to $250 cash back after you spend $2,000 within the first 120 days of opening your account. And who doesn't do that at Amazon, Walmart, or Target, for God's sake? You can also earn up to 3% cash back from your choice of one everyday category like gas and EV charging stations, bills and utilities, or wholesale clubs. Plus, you'll earn 1.5% cash back on all other eligible purchases. You deserve premium awards, and the U.S. Bank Shopper Cash Rewards card is here for you. Learn more at usbank.com shopper and start earning. Limited time offer. The creditor and issue of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply.